Welcome to Paradigm Shift, the podcast about the intersection of business and law. By changing yourself, you can change your business. Now, here's your host, Christina Martini. Welcome to Paradigm Shift. My name is Christina Martini, and I am your host as we explore the intersection of business and law. In today's episode, we will continue taking a look at personal branding for professionals and lawyers in particular. Last week, we began our conversation by looking at why personal branding is important and how we can go about developing a framework for creating and honing our own personal brands. We also took a look at using certain tools, such as elevator speeches, to develop our personal brand and to make it more impactful, particularly when we are making a first impression and presenting ourselves to people who may not know us. Over the next two episodes, we will be continuing our conversation about personal branding. It is my pleasure to welcome Sheila Anderson to join us for this conversation. Sheila is the CEO of Image Power Play, which is an impression management and personal brand company dedicated to bringing forth intentional, consistent, and authentic interactions with others. The company is focused on creating influence through image. Sheila works with emerging and established leaders, as well as companies, and she is driven to empower corporate professionals across the globe in growing their strategic visibility. Her exceptional talent benefits executives at any level in polishing all facets of their brand, appearance, attire, behavior, body language, and more to power brand-aligned personal presence and communication style. Sheila has successfully cultivated her own unique style as a business owner, image consultant, personal brand strategist, and sought-after speaker. From professional modeling that includes runway, print, and TV commercial work to a career in brand management, Sheila draws from over two decades of experience when speaking and producing in the world of impression management. Sheila is a charter member of the C-Suite Network Advisors, an elite group of the most trusted advisors to C-level executives. She is the author of the book, I See You, Breathing Life into Your Personal Brand. She is a member of the National Speakers Association and is also a founding member of the Women Who Dare Network. Sheila was named first runner-up in the 2012 Mrs. South Dakota America pageant and has mentored pageant contestants and served as a judge. I love that little tidbit about you, Sheila, and it's an honor to have you on the show. We are, I am so looking forward to our conversation today. Thank you, Christina. Uh, and first of all, let me congratulate you on this podcast. I think it's a wonderful opportunity that you're bringing to your legal field and to others that may listen in. Well, thank you so much. Um, it's been a very fun journey so far, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation today and connecting in the future as well. Yes, me too. So let's kick things off by hearing a bit more about your business, Image Power Play. Can you tell us how your company helps individuals and organizations develop and hone their own unique styles and personal brands? Absolutely. Image Power Play I created to help, like you said, individuals and corporations become strategic in branding and not just from a corporate branding standpoint, but from a personal branding standpoint. 
Um, I have a background in as a brand manager. And what I found is a lot of corporations spend thousands of dollars on their marketing materials and their website and, and all of that that you think about from a marketing and branding perspective. And they forget that their employees or they themselves as the, as the CEO are an extension of that corporate brand. And how do you build out their level of expertise and showcase them to you know, to the, to their audience, their target market and to the public. And you can do that through personal branding. So for me, it was taking a corporate brand and then a, how do I make it more visible? And I can do that through personal branding. And so I do have a background as an image consultant and a personal stylist as well. And I knew I could help people become more visible by not only their appearance, but positioning them in front of that target audience that they wanted to reach. Well, that sounds terrific. What made you decide to go into this field? I know you have a, a related background, but I remember from our conversation that I think you were thinking about this at a pretty early age. Absolutely. So from a very early age, I have always cared about how things looked. So first impressions to me was always at the forefront of my mind. I didn't understand that for a long time. And now that I look back on it, it's interesting that when I was when I was really small, I would like redo my room and it would it would be fun for me to bring my friends over and then get their reaction when they walked into my room. And well, that sounds like fun. <laughs> and then you never even, know what to expect. I know. And then even around the house, I would if something wasn't right on an end table or if I didn't like how it looked, I would like move things. And I was, I was always doing that around the house, even grow, you know, when I was, when I was really quite young. And so I, for me, I always looked at how things looked and how did they appear and was that in the right spot for it to be highlighted. And I'm very creative. So I've always had creativity in my, in my background. And so I took that element of creativity and first impressions and created my own style and, and really built out my personal brand. So I became my, my customer, my first customer and, and figured out how I could position myself and make myself visible. And I became my own art project. So a lot of times I'll tell people, you know, everybody to me is an art project. And then how do I make them look their best, not only personally, but how do they look their best online? And how do they look their best um, from a public perspective? So getting to that public perspective and what people need to know about their own public images, what is it that people judge when they first meet a person? They decide if, can I trust you? Can I, can I respect you? I know a lot of you have heard of Amy Cuddy, that Harvard professor who studied first impressions for over 15 years. And she says that people answer these two questions. Can I trust you? And can I respect you? And in a professional context, it is believed competence is the most important, but really warmth or, or trustworthiness is the most important in how others evaluate you. So they have to trust you first before they decide if you're competent. That's really interesting because I think a lot of people think it's the other way around. They think that if they 
showcase how smart they are and intelligent they are that somehow they will engender trust. Mm -hmm. That can happen later, but that first impression of you, whether, and most of the time it's online in today's world, it's, it's what do we, we always Google people before we meet them. And uh, we looked at their LinkedIn profile. And so what are we finding out about them online? Yeah. And it's interesting because I wanted to get to that a little bit later. It may actually Mm -hmm. be in our next episode where I wanted to get your thoughts on um, how you leverage social media and some some do's and don'ts, but you know, starting sure. with the basics, um, how would you define? And we touched on this a little bit a couple minutes ago. How would you define a personal brand? Because I think a lot of people have different ideas of what a personal brand is, and some people I think underestimate its importance because they think that it's all fluff and not mm-hmm. not much substance. Right. So I always tell people, the good news is you all have a personal brand, but the bad news is you all have a personal brand. And so what is personal branding? It's owning that experience every person has with you and what he or she remembers or says about you when you're not in their presence. So what is it that you want them to think of you after they've interacted with you and whether they've interacted with you online or personally or publicly? So after they've after you've had that interaction with them, what is it that you want them to remember about you? And and in corporate branding, it's the same way as you come up with your brand persona. Like what is that one or two or three words that you want to own in people's minds when they remember you or when they think about you or when they're referring you to somebody else? And that's how you build that your personal brand or your corporate brand is coming, coming back to that brand word. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because you and I both come from branding backgrounds. Um, I, I know that you come from the background of being a branding manager and mm-hmm. I'm a branding lawyer and I very much enjoyed our conversation a few weeks ago when we first started talking about this, that I think a big important part of a brand, whether it's a personal brand or a corporate brand is understanding that you can't be everything to sure. everybody. Absolutely. And, and and so this sort of I think gets into our next question which is why personal branding is important particularly when it comes to trying to differentiate yourself. Right. So it personal branding as we talked touched about earlier it builds trust. So you want people to trust you. It also builds confidence in you and your ability to project that confidence and establishes your expertise. So people, when they first meet you, they don't know what expertise you have or how competent you are. So you have to build that out and you can do that through personal branding. It helps you set forth what your expertise is and lets people know who you are and what you stand for. Like what are your values? What are your strengths? How are you different from everybody else and what situations you are uniquely qualified to help with. Nobody else is you. You're, nobody else has your strengths and your values. And that's a beautiful thing because now you can take who you are and bring that forth and help other people solve problems that only you uniquely can do that nobody else can do. So what just for so our listeners can sort of bring it home and get a little bit more concrete. I think people immediately think of their appearance, for example, right? Mm -hmm. When they think about their personal branding, 
But do you care, you know, maybe for purposes of leading into what some common myths and misperceptions are, what other elements are there of a personal brand that maybe people don't appreciate as much? So I believe there's three spaces that we live out our personal brand, and I like to call it popping your brand. So the acronym POP means you live out your brand personally, and it is your appearance, and it is your verbal communication skills. It's your written communication skills. If I call your voicemail, what type of message and impression am I getting from your, from your voicemail? If you send me an email, what's the tone of that email? Um, what's your sentence structure? All that be, is tied back to who you are personally. Again, it, it, it is your appearance. Um, the other part of pop your brand is the, oh, like online. What, are, what do I find out about you when I look online after I've Googled you or looked at your LinkedIn profiles? And I have people, I tell them, I said, do the research on yourself. Google yourself and see what you're finding and do that probably once a quarter. And then the, the third part of pop your brand is publicly. So living out your personal brand publicly, what associations are you a part of? What service clubs are you a part of? Are you writing content anywhere? Are you posting that online? Are you blogging? Uh, podcasting? Are you guests on podcasts? Or you're, maybe you have a TV appearance and you're being interviewed. So all that ties back into your personal brands. And you're right, very often people, if I talk to them about, well, I help you build out your personal brand, and they always think, well, you're just going to tell me what to wear. And I'm like, well, sure, I'm going to do that. But that's only, I call it one third, not even one third, <laughs> of, of your personal brands. There's so much more to your personal brand. So what would you say are some common myths um, mis- or misconceptions about personal branding. I mean, I, I think that, you know, we we touched on sometimes our frame of reference as we go in to meet with a potential client, for example, where we think our intelligence mm-hmm. is going to carry the day um, or just thinking that, you know, I'm already great at what I do, so I don't have to worry about personal branding. Do you want to touch on that based on your experience in dealing with different clients? Sure. So some myths or misconceptions you talked about, I mean, you just mentioned that is most people think we already have a great reputation. So that's going to carry me forward. But your reputation is only part of your brand. So again, we've talked about how can you be, you need a strategic effort. You have to be intentional with your, with your brand and how are you getting that message out there? So people understand when they first meet you that you look in every sense of the way in your body language in in what you're wearing in how you're speaking the first 12 words you speak um all that becomes your personal brand when you're meeting somebody and it can set forth that stage on your expertise and for people to understand what you're bringing to the table that nobody else can. So you have to look, you have to look on brand in all sense of the, in every sense of the word. Again, we've talked about it. You have to look, look with your appearance and you have to look that way with how you're communicating and you have to look that way with every interaction they have. And so a lot of people just think, well, I have a great reputation that's going to help me. There's so much more to that. And you have to be strategic. And people always think, well, I'm just going to let my reputation carry itself. But what happens is you run the risk 
of people defining you in a way that maybe is likely not accurate with who you really are. So if you're not strategic about that, you run that risk of being thought of as in a wrong way or in a wrong sense. That's very interesting. And I was going to segue because, you know, this is a show targeted to lawyers and obviously business Mm -hmm. professionals and senior executives on the business side of organizations Mm -hmm. too. But sort of taking a step back for a second and thinking about personal branding in the context of law firms and lawyers, I know that you have experience dealing with that segment of professionals as well. Why do you why do you think law firms should care? I mean, I think to a certain extent it's for all the reasons that you stated. Mm-hmm. But what in your experience, what is different about lawyers, for example, that you think makes it particularly important for them to be focused on and concerned about their personal brand? Well, I, I know I've had this conversation with you and some other attorneys that competition is fierce these days especially in, in the legal field, people aren't just knocking down your doors looking for attorneys. There, there's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of amazing attorneys and there's a lot of competition and you have to position yourself in front of that client or that target market that you want. So you have to become what I like to say top of mind. So if somebody needs an attorney for maybe trademarking or branding or, or something, you always have to be top of mind. So how do you become top of mind if somebody is looking for an attorney or looking for a law firm to work with? And you do that through positioning yourself and your personal brand. Well, and I think there's also a, a certain amount of you know authenticity that has to go mm-hmm. into it. When I've had this Absolutely. conversation with people, it's not just about how you look, as you said, but it's mm-hmm. also your demeanor with people Mm-hmm. It's knowing how to sell yourself. In the last episode, I touched on the importance, for example, of having a toolkit of sorts with respect to your personal brand. For example, having an elevator speech right. ready, because that's sort of your, your mission statement and how you position yourself, as you said. And you need to be able to tell people, I think in 30 seconds or less, this is who I am this is what I do, and this is how I can, I can help you. Right. Absolutely. So I have a question with respect to you know, just work environments, for example. I, professionally, I started practicing law about 25 years ago, and it was the early to mid-90s when it was law firms were strictly business attire. And I think we've all sort of seen an ebb and flow of the attire requirements in particular businesses. So I think as the dot-com boom surged in the late 90s, early 2000s, I definitely remember seeing more of the business casual uh, coming into um, coming in, into the workplace. And I think I've sort of seen it sort of, you know, go back to business attire and maybe part of it's because of where I am professionally in my career at this point. But do you want to take a moment to comment on how um, businesses, for example, law firms, may want to think carefully or maybe more carefully than they've thought about it before about things such as their um, the business attire requirements for the organization? Sure. So you and I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago on, you know, how how 
society views what you're wearing has changed with that dot com. And I think it also it changes geographically. So different different sections of the world view clothing in a different way. I live in the Midwest. I'm in South Dakota and it's it's pretty rare that you see a lot of people walking around in a professional field in a suit and tie every day. They, they do sometimes, but on a daily basis you don't see that. I see it though more on the East Coast. So I think there's some geographic elements that showcase how people view appearance. So there's I, I ge- agree with you on there's that. Yes. Geographic, yes. and then there are you know industries. So different industries look at look look certain ways. You know, a lot of times we see the banking industry um, and the legal industry. Or those professional fields, we think we associate that with the professional field. We associate that then with professional attire. And so what is professional attire? We know that's a suit and tie. We know that's a some type of a jacket and pants or a skirt. And everything about it says professional. And we have the issue with the dot-com with everything being coming very casual. And that works maybe for that industry, but that it doesn't work for the other industries and there's also a mindset on when you put different clothing on there's a different mood or a different mindset so for example if you you know you dress up you feel differently about it and you and you feel like you can perform at your best level you're bringing your best self forward and if you're in something a little bit more casual, then your mindset becomes a little bit more casual. Now, the flip side to that is if somebody is very casual in every sense of the word, that's who they are truly in their soul and their gut and and everything about them is very casual. If you have them come into a legal field or a banking field and have to be dressed up all day long in a suit and tie, they're not going to probably perform at their optimum level because that's not who they are in every sense of the word. However, if they're um, an employee of that company, you have to adhere to those rules. You have to adhere to um, being dressed up if that's what that dress code is. And it and it shows, you know, it, when people are dealing with high amounts of money that, that attorneys do, you have to look like you can handle and deal with high amounts of money. <clears throat> and the perception is the more professional you're dressed, the more it looks like you can handle high amounts of money and I can trust you. There's just a whole element of trust with somebody that is in professional attire. And maybe it's not fair that we judge people that way, but we all do it. I, I agree with you. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of liken it to shopping for a, a house. Like, do you have curb appeal? You know, you drive by a house and you're looking at the outside of a house and decide if you want to see what's inside or if you want to go, you know, is that something I want to see anymore or not? So you judge people by by their appearance. And I wish we didn't do it, but we all do it. That's just, that's human nature. But there is a whole psychological um, element on when you have different clothes on how you feel and if it's truly who you are internally. So it affects your mood. It affects how you handle people. It affects your demeanor and it affects how people view you. 
So Sheila, I agree with everything you've said and um, just wanted to sort of share with you what I have found to be the case uh, at my firm. And I think it's pretty consistent across at least big, big law in Chicago, which is that I think that there's really a need to be mindful that our clients pay us a lot of money and entrust us with their most important legal matters and they need to feel like they can trust and have confidence in, in us. And so I tend to find that at this stage of my career that I feel more comfortable being in business attire. And there definitely is a consensus among many of my partners that um, we should be in business attire or near business attire at least Monday through Thursday, especially when we have clients coming into our offices, many of whom have their own uh, business attire requirements within the context of their legal departments, for example. And I just personally would feel very uncomfortable being in a meeting with a client where I'm not dressed as well as they are. Mm-hmm. And then frankly, being dressed a little bit more formally than I know they will be. And that's sort of an unspoken rule of, of, of sorts, at least in big law, that you want to be dressed at least one step more formally than your client. And sometimes if they believe in business attire, then it is what it is. But if they tend to be more casual attire, or if they tend to be you know, business casual, I still always make it a point to be in business attire when I meet with them. Right. Absolutely. Because you, you're the expert, right? They're coming to you for your expertise. So you have to look like that expert. Well, this has been a terrific discussion, and I've learned so much from you in this 20, 25 minutes that we've been talking about personal branding so far. Do you have any additional tips or final thoughts that you would like to share with our listeners before we close out the first segment of our interview together? I always like to let people know to make sure you're being intentional with your brand and being consistent with it. So those are the two top things I always say. Make sure you're intentional and make sure you're consistent. And where can our listeners find you, Sheila? I have a website. It's called imagepowerplay.com. And I have all the links to my social media on my website. Or you can email me through my website. And I'm on LinkedIn. So lots of places. Terrific. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm looking forward to continuing our talk next week. Thank you, Christina. And thank you all for joining us for this episode of Paradigm Shift. I hope that you've enjoyed laying the groundwork about personal branding and why it is important for lawyers. In our next episode, we will continue our conversation with Sheila about personal branding and get into specific tips about how best to go about developing your own unique brand. We hope you will join us. I am your host, Christina Martini. Please look for our weekly episodes every Tuesday. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please visit us at www.paradigmshiftshow.com. We would love to hear from you. Please look for new episodes of Paradigm Shift every Tuesday.